0: My name is Keith Beers and I just want to buy a nice pair of sunglasses and not lose them once, once. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 31 of Vine Pair's Wine 101 podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tastings director of Vine Pair. And how you doing? I'm going to talk about Spain, the entire country, all of it, in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, it, that's crazy, right? Well, I'm, we're crazy. Let's just do this. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Las Rocas Wine. Las Rocas wines hail from Calatayud, an arid, hilly region in the northeast of Spain where the air is dry and the terrain is unforgiving. Against all odds, Garnacha vines thrive here on the steep, rocky slopes of Calatayud, producing grapes with a signature palate of spice and minerality. These robust vines, some more than a hundred years old, lend their lively spirit and character to all the Las Rocas wines. Sample the rich and full-bodied flavors of Spain. Las Rocas wine. Alright, so this is really kind of the first I think this is the first episode where we're actually going to, you know, cover an entire country. Not just one wine region. And it's, uh... It's a lot. So we're not going to be able to get to the entire thing, of course. But... What this episode is going to do, I, let me just do it this way. I feel like Spain is popular on the American market for a few things. You know, it's in wine. You know, you have cava. Well, first you have Rioja because, like, it's Rioja. We all know about Rioja, and you have cava, which is very popular. And then there are other wines that come out of Spain that are popular in certain areas of the country and not in, in not so much in others and you have some spanish wine that you would be like wow this is really affordable and it's spanish but where what is what is calatayud so it's it's a little bit confusing the the spanish presence on our market has kind of been spotty if you will but in in down the road we're going to start talking about spanish wine regions so this is an opportunity to kind of just do a general overview of the country, not gonna go too deep into craziness here. Now, I mean, the history of this of this country is 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 deep. I mean, just as much as any other European wine producing country, if not more so than others, because this is Iberian Peninsula has been the you know staging ground for a lot of political maneuvering throughout history, military maneuvering throughout history. Its proximity to France and England is just it's it's awesome. In in one day, as we go through different regions in the future, we can really get a more of a sense of this, all that kind of human maneuvering throughout history in Spain. This country has 17 autonomous regions with provinces within those regions, has 12 general wine regions with wine regions within those regions totaling 138 wine regions. There are 138 wine regions in Spain alone. And across all those 138 regions are vines that are mostly indigenous to Spain. Grapes like Tempranillo, Garnacha, Verdejo, Palomino, Pedro Jimenez, Graciano, Charelo all these beautiful names for all these awesome grapes. And aside from Tempranillo and Garnacha, which is Grenache, as they say it in France, you, you may not have heard of these varieties. So there's a lot in Spain, you know? So to get to all of it in this small episode just is not going to do it. But we're, if we talk about geography, that that hasn't changed. The human stuff has changed, but the geography is the same. So we're going to talk about, need to get an overview from three hundred what is it, 30,000 feet, whatever that saying is, and show you what Spain is so that when we get into it later on, you got an idea of it. So the way I understand Spain is that I look at the entire country and I see sections. I see a northern coastal section and that runs all the way from Galicia in the west all the way to the Pyrenees in the east which borders France and it's about the, the like the top third of the country and this part of the country is heavily influenced by the bay of biscay and this area is very ra- it's pretty rainy actually the annual rainfall is about 60 inches per year and because just inland is a mountain range the spanish call these mountain ranges cordilleras and the cantabrian mountain range kind of keeps the rain and that kind of coastal influence in this area of the country, it gets in and out, you know, it kind of goes inland a little bit sometimes. And of course, all this affects the vines that grow there. And then I see just over those mountains going south, there's another section. And this is basically called the, I call it the valley section. You have two main rivers. You have the, the Ebro River, which flows to the Mediterranean, to the east. And then you have the Duero River, which flows west through Portugal to the Atlantic. And this is where the famous Rioja region is, but other great wine regions like Ribeiro del Duero is here. And this area is getting a little bit warmer. The, the, the mountains, the Cantabrian Cordilleras, they actually protect this area from the rain over to the north that's influenced by the Biscay Bay. And here, you only get 17 inches a year, whereas just north on the other side of the mountains, you get 60. So it's a definite decrease. It's warmer, and it's mostly influenced by these rivers. Then I look at the east coast of Spain and actually run the east coast all the way through to the southern coast. And this is basically just all Mediterranean influence, just like southern France, just like Italy. It has a Mediterranean climate, so it has a nice mild winter, warm summers. It's a great vacation spot. Grapes gradually ripen. They love the area. There's some awesome wines being made. This is where where Cava is made. This is where uh, awesome red wines from the grape Monastrell come from. And then down to the southern part of Spain is also Mediterranean, but it's a lot hotter down here. And this is where this very famous wine called Sherry is made. And we're going to have an entire episode on Sherry. It's a very unique kind of wine that is... Uh, fermented in a very unique kind of yeast called floor that results in something completely crazy so that's, that's the little area called Jerez. the name of this area is called Andalusia. but then after you see all that what you what you have here in what takes up the almost the entire center of this country is what is called the meseta Central, which is just one big massive like plateau and it rises up to like 3000 feet above sea level. And it's blisteringly hot in the in the in the summers and it's extremely cold in the winters cuz it's such so high up there. And here we have all different kinds of wine going. One of the largest wine producing regions in Spain, Castilla La Mancha. I got to say, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this stuff right. I I really hope I'm doing some of these names a little bit of justice. <laughs> the most planted grape across all of this is a grape called Arin, and it's a white wine grape, and you're not going to see a lot of it on the American market. But for the the most planted red grape is, of course, Tempranillo. And we all know Tempranillo because it's part of the Rioja region's wine. They also have a wine called Graciano, But Tempranillo grows all over Spain. After that, in a little bit less an amount, is Garnacha, and then monastral and then a little blending variety called red variety called Bobal, but it's when we start getting into these geographic climactic uniquenesses that we start seeing these grapes that thrive in this area these areas kind of alone i mean there are certain grapes that are grown in multiple regions but there are certain there are grapes that actually just are defined by a region for example in the extreme northwest of spain In that top third I was talking about earlier is the province of Galicia. And in Galicia, I mean, there's Tempranillo there. There's a grape called Palomino there, which is also grown in the Sherry region. There's a really awesome white grape called Godeo there. It's really awesome. But this region is mostly defined by the grape Albarino. And even though you might see Albarino from other places in in Spain, this is Albarino's sort of, like, home. This is where some of the best examples of that grape are. If you go down to the east coast, sort of the southern part of the east coast of Spain, there's a place called Humilia. And Humilia is they have they have garnacha, they have tempranillo, but that place is really known for monastrel. In France, they call this grape Morvedra, but it is actually native to Spain and they call it Monastrel. And the wine's coming the Monastrel is awesome stuff. You can find this on the American market absolutely. And then you have just north of that and the, on the same coast, but up in the north in a, a province called Catalunya, this is where some of the, this is where cava is made. And the grapes that grow here are just awesome. And their names are great. Palaheda, Charello, Macabeu. But in general, you can kind of get a sense of this. So, you know, like the East Coast is the Mediterranean climate. So the wines, even though they're going to have a good amount of acidity to them, they're going to have some death because of the sun, And then you have like the northern region, which is going to be kind of rainy and it's going to have a lot of acidity in their wines. Then you're going to have the, the valley wines and the Ebro and the Duero where it's kind of going to be, you know, as Rioja is there, Ribera del Duero. You have these sort of like, you know, uh, intense Tempranillo-based wines. Sometimes they're a little, they have a nice acidity to them. Sometimes they're a little more powerful just because it's a river area and that changes depending on where the river is. Then you have like that plain area, which is a little bit crazy. The I'm sorry, the, the Meseta Central, which is a little bit crazy just because of the, the extremes, but you'll have like sort of these big, full-bodied red wines, and not really a lot of white wines. And again, in the future, as we get more into these specific individual regions, we'll you'll get more de- we'll get into more details about that. But one thing I wanted to convey to you guys is this thing. One thing that's confusing about Europe in general is their appellation systems. Every country has their own appellation system, and it's not as loose as the American viticultural system area system that we have in the United States or any of the new world areas like New Zealand or, you know, South Africa, uh, Argentina, the, the Appalachian system was sort of created in Europe. And the French were the first to really kind of map out what an Appalachian system is and the, the rules and the laws that are in place to define an area that is demarcated for wine. And every time a country attempts to Uh, either copy or, you know, base their appellation system off the French appellation system, which everyone basically does, it gets a little bit complicated because it's just not France. It's their own country, and they have their own things to take care of. I guess what I mean is every country is individual, and they have, you know, their own issues to work through to create a system that's cohesive and organized, and it doesn't always work right away. It's happened in every country, even happened in France. And in Spain, it was, you know, it's very, very recent. The thing is, in Spain, the, the appellation system was initially just called a D.O., Denomination of Origin, but in Spanish. <laughs> and that was created, you know, early on in the 20th century. But then as the country is brought into the EU, things start to change. And the appellation system in Spain has been adjusted a few times And there's no reason to go into what that was. It'll just be confusing. So we'll talk about just what is the Appalachian system in Spain now so you understand what you're looking at when you're at a wine shop. Okay, so first you have a DOP, which is a larger wine region. It's called a a, a protected denomination of origin. Within that DOP, you have a consortium that regulates all of the actions that happen within that wine region. From yield number to alcohol strength to all that kind of stuff. Then within the DOPs, you have a DOCA, which is a denomination of qualified origin, which is sort of like a very, very strict, not very, a very strict area of winemaking that is, you know, holding on to a legacy. Like the Barolo region in Italy, it's kind of on that level. And there are only two of those in all of Spain, which is one is Priorat and one is Rioja. And then below that is just DO, denomination of origin. This is the original idea of the Spanish Appalachian system, but now it's incorporated into a lower tier to just define, you know, a specific region within a DOP. I know this is a little bit confusing, but this is how it works. And within a DOP or DOCA or a DO, there can be a vino de pago. And this is basically called, this is what's called an estate wine. It's made, it's a wine it's made from a single estate. It's an indication of quality on the level at which, like, hey, we control the entire production. From growing the grapes, to making the wine, to bottling it, we are in complete control. This is an estate wine. And then, below that, you have something called a vino de calidad. And these are for wines that are in a DO, but don't meet the qualifications of the DO, but still giving them some sort of legitimacy. And it just means quality wine with a geographic indication. Literally within the DO. Then underneath that, I know there is the IGP, a Protected Geographic Indication, which is just it's 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 kind of like the the calidad, but it's more of like within the region instead of not instead of making it within a DO and just not meeting the the rules. It's about making a wine within a protected area that may not be part of the the DO rules. I know this is insane. And then you have just the Vino de Mesa, which is just general term for a wine made in Spain doesn't know who we don't know where the grapes are coming from but it's a it's, it's a wine and it's in a bottle and it's from Spain you're drinking it that's a lot it's like a six-tier system not including the whole DOP general system so it's basically a seven-tier system and what's really kind of confusing is for example the DOCA is called DOCQ in Catalan. And sometimes there are regions that could be a DOCA, which is like the strictest of the strict, but they don't want to. They just want to be a DO. They're fine with the old system. So it's still kind of in flux, still working. And within all of these regions and all of these levels, 138 regions, all these levels, six. To, there are three aging levels of wine. And it's, it's, it's across Spain, but not all regions use it. Some do, some don't. Um, they're really well known in Rioja and Ribeiro del Duero, but it's just the, the the aging requirements for a wine. First, you have joven, which means young, and this wine can be released immediately, or it can see a few months in oak, whatever you want to do. It's just a very young, vibrant wine. Then you have crianza, which just means bringing up, which is sort of like bringing up the young wine into something else. And this is what's very famous in... Like, for example, in Rioja, where a wine needs to see at least one year in oak barrels. For whites, it's, I think, six months in oak barrels. Then you have Reserva, which is a wine that needs to see at least three years of aging, and then one of those years should be in barrel. For whites, it's two years and at least six months in barrel. Then you have Gran Reserva, which is wines that see... At least five years of aging, with two years being in a, an oak barrel and a minimum of three years in the bottle. And for white wines and rosés, it's four years and six months. Now, again, we're gonna get this is gonna be a little bit more in depth. Then we go into each region. We'll talk about whether they do that or not, and what they actually do, and what grapes they grow, and which ones they, which ones they age, which ones they don't age. But that's Spain. That's Spain's geography. That is Spain's crazy. You know, sort of active. Wine laws. I mean, the thing is, Spain is is it's, we're we're watching this country evolve in its wine industry before our eyes, and Spanish wine is on the American market than more than it ever was before, and it's a very exciting time in Spanish wine right now. We have these younger generations of winemakers that are sort of going back to the old ways, finding sort of like older varieties that that may not have had the the love they had before. Um, changing the, their aging regimes and how they, how they plant vines and everything. It's a very exciting time and we're really going to see in the next 10, 15, 20 years more and more wines from these 138 different uh, regions being celebrated on the American market. So for now just go and buy spanish wine go to a wine shop and if it, i mean try if you already know rioja if you if you if you know a spanish wine region very well go into a wine shop and ask for something from com- something outside of what you know and kind of get a sense of spain it's a good time to get into spain now so as these wines become more and more popular in the american market you'll be more informed pretty fun and Sp- i mean guys spanish wine's fun i can't wait to talk about all the individual stuff it's going to be fun if you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm putting down, go ahead and give me a rating on iTunes or tell your friends to subscribe. You can subscribe. If you like to type, go ahead and send a, you know, a review or something like that. But let's get this wine podcast up so everybody can learn about wine. Check me out on Instagram. It's at VinePairKeith. And also, you got to follow VinePair on Instagram, which is at vine pair and don't forget to listen to the vine pair podcast which is hosted by erica adam and zach it's a great deep dive into drinks culture every week now for some credits how about that wine 101 is recorded and produced by yours truly keith beavers at the vine pair headquarters in new york city i want to give a big old shout out to co-founders adam teeter and josh mellon and i also want to thank daniel Grinberg for making the most legit wine 101 logo And I got to thank Darby Seaside for making this amazing song. I mean, listen to this epic stuff. And finally, I want to thank the Vine Pair staff for helping me learn more every day. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by Las Rocas Wine. Las Rocas Wines, hail from Calatayud arid hilly region in the northeast of spain where the air is dry and the terrain is unforgiving against all odds garnacha vines thrive here on the steep rocky slopes of Calatayud, producing grapes with the signature palate of spice and minerality. these robust vines some more than 100 years old lend their lively spirit and character to all the las rocas wines sample the rich and full-bodied flavors of spain las rocas wine